Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season three, episode three, titled "Sunk Costs." Uh, I think you you're feeling kind of a little under the weather. Yeah, aren't you? I, I've uh, <laughs> sound I've got, like it. I've got one of the, the summer cold has come early, so uh, I'm oh, I'm, uh, I'm heavily medicated, and I hope to get through the podcast in one piece. Okay, um, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was. I I think this is the best episode of the season so far, and did yeah, the yeah. best job of balancing the two storylines, Mike and Jimmy, uh, as good a job as they've ever done. And after mm-hmm. everything was in real balance, because they finally, you know, got to the, uh, the, the, the you know, Mike and Gus are starting to work together, something that we've been waiting a long time to see. And Jimmy's yeah. plot's got real stakes involved. Both of it them. Does have you know mike's stakes are more mortal and jimmy's are more you know professional and personal but they Mm -hmm. are real easily easy to articulate stakes there is you know villains and heroes and they're plotting and planning and they're doing interesting things and i i really enjoyed it what do you think yeah i agree um i i like on mike's side that this is probably the most mike like of all the the machinations we've seen so far um yeah I mean, really, just the way that he, you know, refuses to to kill anybody here who doesn't deserve it, right? Necessarily, and uh, finds an ingenious way around that. I mean, not just that, but also, I am pretty sure he doesn't want to be, uh, you know, he he wants to make sure that he never gets fingered for this because he doesn't, oh, he yeah. doesn't want to bring the cousins back into his family's life. So for sure, um, something that's a little bit more devious and a little bit more clever is going to put him a, a far away from. Uh, you know, someone fingering him for the for the job. Yeah, and then on Jimmy's side of the equation, oh man, they're setting up stuff that I really wanted to see. Um, potential. I I know, you know, Chuck and Jimmy are not necessarily going to be the ones in the courtroom, uh, on the floor battling. Oh, but, they will be. Yeah, but they'll have to have intermediaries, right? They can't get up there themselves and start. Uh, busting out their lawyer skills, not, neither of them are actually prosecuting or defending this case. I mean, so, Chuck will definitely be called on the witness stand, uh-huh. yeah. which means Kim will be probably cross-examining him. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they're going to make it to where it's like a joint, like like it's almost two lawyers. Like, do they tag in and out? I, you can't. Certainly I mean, I, you I can't do that, right? I think it would be prof- – well – I mean, I would have to ask one of our, our legal correspondents, but like, I don't know that there's any specific law that says, you know, obviously the old saying that if you represent yourself, you have a fool for a client, mm-hmm. um, you know, is 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 well well known. Um, but if you have a lawyer that's representing you, I don't know if it's actually against the legal system to then interject and try to represent yourself, or yeah, if you want to like take control and directly examine, especially if a person's a lawyer themselves, I. I don't know. To me, I I don't know what you think, but I think it'd be kind of dissatisfying if Kim did everything, and Jimmy yeah. doesn't get get his get his hands dirty in his own defense. Oh, I think he'll get his hands dirty, just maybe <laughs> not in the actual courtroom. Okay. Um, I I think there's going to be a lot of underhanded play here, and that's what I'm excited about. Right. Uh, I want to see these guys clash via the law and maybe with a little extracurriculars, you know? Right. Right. Um. So I'm super excited with what they set up this episode for Jimmy. Yeah. Um. And it feels it feels like it's leading somewhere interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot of really poetic things here, like the cold open, which is so bizarre and mysterious. Mm-hmm. And then you know when you when you think back or rewatch it, you realize that this is like a flash forward mm-hmm. to put the context. You know, now these shoes are ancient, and 
now the Hildago Regal, Regalo Helado, I think. Yeah, there you go. the 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 frozen gift or the the, the gift of ice cream, whatever yeah. the thing is called. Uh-huh. Um, that they, they've been completely replaced by the Los Polios Hermanos. So they have. Yeah. Um, it's a sign of the times and a sign of what will be. And there's still so much we don't know. Like, uh, you know, Hector. The, there's there's the bells in this episode. There's the wheelchair in this episode. Uh, we know that he gets muscled out, but not in a way that directly implicates Gus. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. It's really interesting, and it's also like you, the more you get to see Gus operate and who he associates with. Um, I, I just, I just really liked it as a Breaking Bad fan, and I think this, for the first time in a long time, felt like it kind of stood on its own two feet and was compelling in and of itself. Yeah, and it didn't betray any of the characters like last episode right although we so did get that feedback that disagreed with your analysis on yeah that, so. well i'll probably disagree with that <laughs> feedback but we'll see that is your right as an individual i want to get to i want to do get a piece of feedback that i got um because we talked about what happened to mike's sniper rifle mm-hmm. and we were wrong because yeah. clearly it showed back up this episode mm-hmm. uh jason ps wrote in last week and said the last episode you mentioned where mike's gun went and and where he got it and where it ended up in the junkyard in episode one. I had similar thoughts, but had the opportunity to ask Vince Gilligan himself if that was indeed <laughs> a mistake. Wait, how did that come about? I don't and he doesn't elaborate, but oh, he says on. straight from the horse's mouth, Vince said, Did you notice that Mike was wearing different clothes? In other words, my the by the way they I guess the, the, the costume change hints that he had gone home. Yeah. And put his gun away and did all that stuff, and then went back to to tear the car apart at the junkyard. So yeah, no, I feel like that is a little like, risky. Yeah, for Mike, but right, but obviously it happened. Um, yeah, and yeah. that's the assumption I had made. But it's nice to hear that it's official. Yeah, but and then also, yeah, what do, you, what do you mean by it's risky? Is just him going home? Yeah, him him going home at all. Huh. Um, with the track, knowing that there's some kind of tracking device on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I guess if you go to a junkyard, we we kind of talked about that. Like, you know, it's not super unusual to have to go to a junkyard. I've gone to a junkyard a time or two. Well, I mean this this is clearly a burner car, right? And the people tracking him know that. So is it the burner car? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. mean he he tends to use the burner cars because. Now He's the, the car, I, I, meant, I, I think we forgot to talk about this last week, but we see him buying a new car. Mm. Is that the car that he eventually? Because he drives like a, some kind of Cadillac. Is that the the car that he eventually retains all throughout the Breaking Bad years? The one he bought last episode. I. Th- think he's already driving he has been driving the car that has he it? retains okay i think so yeah that big red like that dark red uh whatever it is hmm. lincoln or something right on okay yeah it's a minor so. point and i'm probably got it all wrong but uh since that came up that's the first thing when i saw him whip out that sniper i'm like son of a bitch yeah yeah it's still I, I had such a i had such a great rationale for that it's just now been destroyed and and <laughs> uh, then jason comes and saves the day so now, now we're ready to talk about the uh, episode before we get to the episode proper, just uh, some housekeeping. We've got a lot of stuff going on at uh, Bald Move this week. Not only do we have Better Cast Saul, we also have our Watching the Leftovers or Following the Leftovers podcast about HBO's The Leftovers. We also have a Fargo podcast. We've already recorded and released a podcast on uh, the Nick Cage version of The Wicker Man, which was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, we have also on the docket a wrap-up of Season 2 of The Expanse on Sci-Fi. 
And this Thursday night for our first round of movies, we're going to be seeing The Circle. And if you're a club member, you can get the spoiler-filled version. If you're not a club member, uh, you still have a spoiler-free review and a discussion of the trailers coming up. That and uh, that much more are going on at baldmove.com. Check it out. So we start off with uh, Los Poyos Hermanos truck driving through the desert. It stops under some shoes on a power line, which fall when it leaves. We kind of already talked about this. It's apparently a flash forward, um, which gives a good indication that Gus, whenever this is happening, Gus has already taken over kind of the supply lines here for the meth and the cash. Yeah. Um, and it kind of paints, like when taken as a whole with this episode, it kind of paints a picture of the downfall of Hector in a lot of ways, right? Like right. we get a very clear indication that Mike is a big reason for that. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know with, that without Mike's help, Gus is as easily able to um, kind of infiltrate the operation and disrupt the operation, really, yeah. uh, and prove himself as the more worthy. It's interesting because I don't, I don't, I, I, Gus is too meticulous a planner not to succeed. Oh, but sure. I yeah. definitely think Mike accelerates the timetable, yeah. and we think about that in, in the overall arc of Breaking Bad. If Mike hadn't accelerated it, um, it, it's so weird because like everything in Breaking Bad lays the groundwork for Walt to be a, a drug kingpin. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like my you know his brother takes out Tuco, who would have undoubtedly destroyed Walt and Jesse before he'd have murdered them in the crib. Yeah. Um, then he sidles with Gus, which gives him cover from the cartel. Uh, Gus ends up wiping out the cartel just as Walt wipes him out. Uh huh. Which lays the table for him to be kind of the undisputed drug lord. Yeah. And he just kind of lucks his way into it. And we see that, like, if Mike hadn't joined up with Gus, Gus probably wouldn't have been far enough along in a plan to wipe out Don Eladio and his whole cartel, which means yeah. Walt would have been dealing with cartel muscle. And there's no way. No. No way would he would have stood uh, against that. So, no, his head would have been on a tortoise <laughs> <laughs> immediately. Yes. Yes, he would have. So I, I think it's just all this timing and this... this um, you know, twisted kids met that the show shows, I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, thought experiment. Yeah. I saw this on Reddit. What happens if those shoes fall off and ride along on top of, uh, the, uh, the, the Los, Los Poyos Hermanos truck? truck? Uh, yeah. So I, I read this thread and a lot of people were speculating that thread, about by the, the way is incredible because there was some like some genuinely like people went when they started just being silly with it did you read any of that no, no. like it it got really really funny like people were spinning alternate histories and it was hilarious so i yeah that 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 that, that thread was funny but go ahead yeah a lot of people were speculating or not even speculating but talking about the you know, deterioration of methamphetamine in those kind of conditions and how long it would last and would it even be detectable mm-hmm. at the point that it would fall on that Los Poyos truck. Right. Um, I don't know the answers to that, and it, it seemed like people came down on the side of it would just be all gone, essentially. I think it's certainly believable. Yeah. It easily suspends my disbelief that if you say that those things have been hanging up there four to six years in the rain in the uh, sun and the mm-hmm. wind that they would not like if, if anything they'd have maybe trace amounts left on yeah. it. And then you also got to think that we're still 20 kilometers away from the U S Mexico border mm-hmm. as well established by the sign. So like, what are the odds that those, those shoes would stay up on top of the roof, even if they fell directly on it 
You know, it's just it's just interesting. It's one another one of those timing things. Yeah. Um, also, that final twenty clicks to the U.S. border must be a bitch. Why? Because these guys have shotguns and automatic weapons, obviously for protection of the trucks. Uh-huh. They ditch those to go across the border because obviously you can't, you know, having having that much firepower on an ice cream truck would be a dead giveaway. <laughs> I, as those last twenty clicks, like some kind of free for all zone, where they just have to run this gauntlet of. Rival drug dealers and cartels and policemen and border patrols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just 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 arrive at the border like smoking and on fire and like and oh, meth we addicts. Yeah, as well. Yeah, like they're just sure. waiting to pounce. <laughs> I, I thought it's like man, uh, may, maybe maybe uh, wait till you're two clicks from the border or something. Like, uh-huh. like it, although that would be fishy too. You know, this this one ice cream truck always pulls off within sight of the border. Uh-huh. And goes off road and then you know ditches a bunch of stuff and it gets back get back gets it back on. Yep. Uh, so we go back to speaking of the road, the Mike in the middle of the road from last episode, and he uh, he meets with Gus and Gus tells him that killing Hector right now would cause problems for him and Mike reluctantly, you know, agrees to work with him to disrupt Hector's operations by hitting another truck. Yeah, Gus. Gus makes it clear he's he's really boxed in here, as Jimmy later says, because Gus makes it clear that you can let this be, mm-hmm. um, but if you're going to keep fucking with Hector, you got to be doing it on my my timetable and with my rules. Yeah. Um, are you kind of surprised that Mike was on on board with this? Because I I'm I'm impressed that. He felt like he knew enough about Gus and his organization to trust them to work with them at this early stage of the game. Yeah, because he really knows nothing about Gus. Right. Period. I mean, there's this is certainly he knows enough to respect his field craft and the fact that they outsmarted him and whatnot. But he doesn't know doesn't his motivations. Say, yeah, it doesn't say anything about what's their view on killing civilians. Right. And, I or mean, children. <laughs> Gus says, like, I share, I share your sense of, of justice and, and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so he's, he's, he's talking a good talk, but... You know, how many criminals has Mike heard over the years say, oh, it wasn't me, or, you know, it was like to yeah. say one thing and, and mean another. So I, I was slightly surprised that he um, agreed to kind of fight, to be the, be the, to be the proxy warrior for Gus's um, cold war between the cartel um, yeah. with just this one meeting. Yeah, um, that, that's a fair point. I, I was also kind of surprised that Gus let so much information slip here. Um, yeah, you know about his intentions for Hector. Like he says, uh, he doesn't want Hector killed quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that says a lot. And maybe that's the things. The fact that he's trusting Mike with it. Now, I mean, yeah. What's the risk here for Mog for Gus that Mike is going to go back to Hector and run his mouth? That I mean, I you know, if I were dealing with the cartel and I had plans to kill them and take over their operation, I probably wouldn't want to tell anyone outside of my direct authority yeah yeah regardless of what i think of them i wonder because like you know the more we talk about that the more this the scene i guess i was overlooking it because it's a classic meet in the desert everybody looks awesome you know filmed you you, you're you're shooting at their knees looking up so everybody looks heroic (laughs) and badass right but yeah there is a lot of um for as as stately as the pace has been, like thing that that particular meeting had to go down a particular way, and if Mike balked, or if Gus was a little bit more reticent with the facts, it doesn't happen. You yeah, know? but you know, I, I guess it, what I guess what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, do we believe that they would have gotten together after this one meeting? And I guess I'm ready to believe that. Yeah, I am too. Okay. Um, 
and I think they did a good job of keeping these guys from looking like they were old friends, mm-hmm. essentially, like they had been longtime uh, partners in business. They they did a pretty good job of making them feel like strangers, mm-hmm. as opposed to what would have been very easy is to kind of slip into their relationship that we know they have eventually. Right, and that would have been a real weird moment. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think they could have, maybe there's a missed opportunity with Gus revealing that he has been watching uh, Mike for a lot longer time than mm-hmm. we suspect. Now, I don't know how they would square that because obviously he was tracking him before the don't sign. Yeah. So at some point, maybe Nacho told Gus because Nacho is is is, is working the opposite side of the street there because um, he's afraid. Of, you know, he's afraid of Tuco, so he wants to go with someone more stable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but but it, it seems like he's been following him from a hell of a lot longer than we think, and maybe. Gus could use some of that knowledge about what he's gathered about Mike to put Mike more at ease or yeah. to make Mike feel like that's a better I, I don't know I'm 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 second I'm, I'm backstreet drive a backseat driving Vince Gilligan to Peter Gould probably not a good look <laughs> yeah I'm trying to imagine when Gus would have started tracking Mike and I suppose it's probably his first interaction with Hector right it just depends on who put him up to it if this was something that Gus developed through his own connections Mm -hmm. and his own intelligence or whether Nacho this this is part of like if if Nacho's been working with Gus to supplant Tuco Mm -hmm. uh, because clearly he's got misgivings about working with Tuco who's getting high on his own supply and getting increasingly erratic and that's bad news for everybody yep um you also get this idea. Uh, I can sort of start to fill in the dots here, the fill in the blanks, where Mike is probably going to lead to Hector in the wheelchair. Um, you know, we we certainly speculated about about that when he was going to take this sniper shot right. out in the desert. But I think it's going to take a little bit longer than we suspected. But eventually, Mike Mike will be the cause of that, right? Yeah, Somewhere but in a way, way, I mean, here's the th- the kicker is it's got to be in a way that Gus can plausibly deny. Right, that's but that's also the hard in part. a way that Hector probably has the suspicions. Yeah, they I really mean, if you follow that. the money, it's going to lead to Gus. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm just saying that like he can't prove it. Maybe he has sus- I, I, uh-huh. even if he has suspicion. I feel like that'd be enough for Don Eladio to. But maybe not because maybe. we know Gus has got some powerful backup too that we don't quite understand how all those connections meet up um and this could inform us a little bit more about exactly why like max is killed right yeah his his lover his partner whatever he was uh because because you can see there's a lot of hate between hector and gus in those scenes right um and hector enjoys rubbing it in so Uh clearly the relationship there is rocky already Uh um i'm just wondering how it gets to that point i don't know and how do you, how do you, I mean, the other thing is, is if he just has a massive stroke, that doesn't necessarily imply some kind of injury. So it could just right. be that he gets so worked up and angry about what Mike's doing to his supply chain uh-huh. or, or this is phantom. It's got it from his perspective. It's yeah. got to be like, just, this is coming out of nowhere. What the fuck? Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious. I mean, that's obviously one of the shoes that are dangling. No, no pun intended. Uh, over this episode that we're waiting to drop because we know where he ends up. We know where he is now. Uh, how does he get there? So we go back to Jimmy before the cops come to take him away. He calls up Francesca and tells her to reschedule all his appointments for tomorrow and let Kim know he won't be in tonight. 
And then Chuck comes outside to explain too much, that he's doing this for his own good, to to tell him that he'll appreciate it later on. And Jimmy says, you know what? You're going to die alone. You're uh-huh. going to have an episode. You're going to go to the hospital, and you will die there by yourself. Yeah. Then the cops show up. This is such patronizing bullshit. Oh, I know. <laughs> and... Like, I applaud Jimmy for his uh, restraint at this moment. And, you know, notice also that Chuck is just strolling outside. I know, yeah. In full That's the most the high, insulting the, the thing. High, you know, you got to put your shit in the box if it's got a battery, but he's standing there and there's all these high tension. Like, we, I don't know why I keep going on about this, because we know this is bullshit. Yeah. They tested it in the first season. Totally. He has no, like, this is just a completely psychosomatic uh, dis- disorder that he's got. And it seems like... It might have even been triggered, like, the less he feels in control of his brother, mm-hmm. the worse his illness is. This is totally yeah. about him having his thumb and the screws to his brother. Yeah. And when he's in complete as, 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 uh, when he's in complete control of the situation, he's fine. He's illness-free. Mm-hmm. And then when Jimmy defiantly says, you know what, fuck you, you're going to die alone, that scares Chuck enough that he's, he's, he gets a touch back. He does. So it, when, uh, it's a control mechanism. So when the lawyer comes by to see him, he's he's back to like you know cowering indoors, but assuring you that I I can suck it up and be at the courtroom when I gotta fuck my brother. Right. Tell me yeah. when Jimmy is going to be fucked and I will be there. Like it's just, I mean, it's it's especially disgusting when he totally drops the pretense. Like right. Okay, if you want to play this like it's an actual illness, then play it up, man. Right. But when you drop the pretense when it suits your needs, right. I I get really pissed off about that. And here and here here's the here's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. This is all over a client that was a minor part mm-hmm. of HH&M's business. Yeah. Which was really more about fucking over Jimmy again mm-hmm. and punishing Kim for taking sides of Jimmy against the, the firm than it ever was about the money. And Chuck's response is to throw his brother to the criminal justice system. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And like to me, this is this is just yet more like like maybe Chuck is well meaning. Maybe in his own mind, he's the good guy. But <laughs> as sure he and, is. and and I'm not saying I'm the impartial bystander, but it's just really hard. I mean, are you ready to move off your? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Chuck's not the worst guy in the world. Like I think he's the fucking worst. I mean, he's certainly bad. Yes. And the thing is, like, yes, you can hold over the fact that Jimmy eventually becomes Saul. But would Jimmy have become Saul had it not been for Chuck? I don't know that the answer is at all clear. Sure. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, There's I, all kinds of lawyers. The world can sustain, can withstand a few lawyers to shade out, out, you know, outside the lines. But Jesus yeah. Christ, Chuck. I, yeah. I, I don't know. This might be his downfall. This might because I, I just see – I can't see him being on the stand – being cross-examined, I just can just already see the montage of the lights strobing in his face, and he's just going to look like a fucking lunatic, and he's going to lose everything. So here's what I think actually happened um, with Chuck in this episode. I think it's Chuck's plan all along not to not to prosecute Jimmy on this. I think this PPD thing that he's talking about um, is, is not an olive branch so much as it is part of the plan. Yes, I agree. Um, no, totally. Those... To, to get Jimmy disbarred. That's, that's what he wants, is Jim, the chimp with the machine gun out of the picture. But, I mean, there again, Jimmy offered this to him, but Chuck couldn't do it because, like, oh, well, that would look like I was extorting you. Well, now he's just... I, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, God, the cure is worse than a fucking disease with this guy. Also... <laughs> 
I'm here's how much I hate fucking Chuck. I read this theory that's far fetched on Reddit, but I instantly I'm going to start championing it. That oh, we boy. haven't even seen the full reveal of Chuck's malignancy. Because Chuck ultimately wants Jimmy disbarred, mm-hmm. but he also wants Kim because he knows their relationship. He wants Kim to sink so much time and effort mm-hmm. into Jimmy's defense. And we see yeah. how stretched she is. Like she is putting She's burning the midnight oil and sleeping at the office and getting less than a few hours of sleep. And we see what kind of care and attention she spends in the documents where she 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 sweats over a semicolon versus a comma and like all this shit. If if she takes like 10 percent of her focus, which I think is going to be a lot more, what is going to stop Mesa Verde from being some kind of small mistake that then allows Chuck to swoop in and steal the account back? Right. Like, I feel like that that. His full malignancy is he's going to get Jimmy disbarred and destroy Kim's livelihood all in this one blow. And yep, could be. I mean, I don't know, because like I said, there's very thin evidence that he intends that second phase of the payload to go. Um, but but I just man, he just there's nothing that I would put past him at this point. Yeah, I mean, with with as callous as he's been to this point with Jimmy, I don't think that he has this sudden change of heart when the prosecutor comes to talk to him, right? And, and then, I know I, we I haven't got there. I know we haven't got there, but I'm wound up, so I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Him firing Ernie <laughs> for playing yeah. the part that he wanted him to play. To per- I, I get that you don't want Ernie to be your personal attache anymore. Uh, because, But to f- throw him out on his ear for doing exactly what you wanted him to, that's a special kind of dick move, man. Like, that is such a fucking bullshit thing to do to a guy. Like, I'm going to use you as a pawn. Like, yeah, that's, 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 that's some fucking Tony Montana stuff. Tony yeah. Montana does shit like that. Manipulate you and then put a bullet in your head after you're done, he's done with you. Jeez, uh-huh. fuck Chuck, man. <laughs> Hashtag. Fuck uh-huh. Chuck. Yeah, so uh, here's the thing, though. I don't think it's going to work. I think, once again, he's mis- he's underestimated Jimmy. Agreed. Uh Assuming that Jimmy would be backed into the the corner, backed into a box like mm-hmm. he says he is until um, he decides to go for it with Kim's support. But I, I think Chuck underestimated him again, and it's going to bite Chuck. I think that there's going to be no total victory on either side. I think either, whoever wins is going to be a fearic victory because we do know that Jimmy switches his name. Sure. Yeah. And there's got to be some Chuck-related things to go on to him doing that i would assume so yeah. so that's what i'm saying like I, I i wish i wish jimmy just goes and thrashes his ass in court and chuck goes to the old folks loony bin and <laughs> you know done is done i just don't think it's going to happen yeah so whatever no i i think we've seen like the tip of the iceberg as far as the struggle here right it's like between you know, these two guys yeah it's like you know if only walt had decent health care <laughs> He wouldn't right. have to become a drug like like some of this stuff is just like yeah well you know if 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 ands or buts whatever uh huh uh so Jimmy's locked up for the night and while he's being processed this shitty public defender comes in and and just rubs Jimmy's face in his current situation I feel like it's a pretty light ball busting considering who Jimmy is and their relationship yeah. And also, yeah. like from this DA's perspective, the Schadenfreude involved of this guy who got this high dot, like right, you know, he got this this. But it's this... still a shitty thing to come rub your face in it. <laughs> like, I'm sure, I, I instinctively dislike this guy. Huh? Do you think that Jimmy had the, sh- the shoes been reversed? This like you know that like like if Jimmy had found yeah. out that this guy got brought up in some bullshit, you don't think Jimmy would be up in his face, petty with a prior? Petty with a prior. You, yeah, I, I totally think Jimmy would have done a little face rubbing himself. So, Maybe. 
Maybe. But like, and that's, I don't think Jimmy knows? takes it personally either. Because, like, you know, number one, he's going to need to schmooze this guy to get what he wants. Yeah. And number two, I just don't think Jimmy takes that stuff personally. Because from his perspective, some dumb fuck goes and takes this high-dollar BMW-providing personal assistant, awesome office, high paycheck, and then ditches it for elder care and then gets in a fist fight with his brother over some bullshit. Like, that's just... He, he got it's like like it would almost be a sign of disrespect if you like, were super deferential like oh jimmy i'm so sorry like jimmy doesn't want to hear that shit no i mean i think i think it would have to be something else that jimmy would come rub your face in because jimmy would understand a guy who doesn't want to work at davis and maine right yeah a guy who wants to maybe strike out on his own like Right. Jimmy would get that but there's probably some scenario in which jimmy rubs your face in it sure yeah all right uh, Kim wakes up on the couch in her office at 5.30 a.m. She hits the gym, then she showers, and she heads back to work where Ernesto is waiting for her. He got fired, and he feels bad about what happened to Jimmy, and Kim says, what the hell happened to Jimmy? Mm-hmm. She doesn't know anything about it. Uh, we get what is could be looked at as a frivolous montage, but I think it informs us how hard Kim is working. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, the I... hours that she's keeping and her lifestyle. I do question... How I mean I I'm not, I don't know I don't want to I don't want to bust them for swinging and missing too too much but I did feel like that this montage was a little overplussed. You think so? Yeah, with the like the the weird stutter, but like like I I I for the first like ten seconds I'm like oh it's interesting that they're filming Kim getting ready as if she's like Batman suiting up in a Joel Schumacher movie. Like, all these extreme close-ups of right. her clasping her heel, and she's straightening her belt, and, you know, putting on the, 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 the breastplate with nipples, and all getting on her bat cycle. But, like, as it went on, I'm like, this feels a bit much for what it is. And, mm-hmm. and maybe that's the point, like, okay, well, this is frivolous, so we're going to go for broke on the visuals. But right. I, thought, I thought it was just, a, especially since it came on the back of Jimmy's booking yeah. uh, montage. It's like a fucking montage palooza up in here. It is. I mean, this show does a couple of things over and over again. Right. Um, right. Hopefully, you know, people aren't finding them too repetitive. But, too but, but yeah, I, to your broader night. point, they have to do something like this yeah. to get across the fact that, that Kim uh, is kind of working herself to the, her fingers to the bone. Yeah, it's one to thing try to, to say, keep this thing afloat. oh, Mesa Verde is going to take up all my time, but you got to show us that, right? Right, right. And I think this was fairly effective. Yep. And, and it showed us that she is still maintaining her her rigid schedule. Not not schedule, what am I, routine. Yeah. She's maintaining that routine to, you know, stay healthy, in shape. Like, yeah, she's sleeping on the couch, but at least she's still doing the stuff she needs to do to take care of herself. Oh, did you think she's actually going to the gym to work out? I think she did, yeah. Oh, no. She went to the gym. Just to take a shower? Just to take a sh- yeah, Oh, yeah. Nah. 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 Yeah. She gets out of there, and it's it's bright. It's sunny. She got up at 5.30, man. That sun's not coming up for the two hours. Still, the sun is still out, man. It's the middle of summer. It's uh, New Mexico. Yeah, it's not coming up for two hours Plus, at women take famously a long time to get ready. It takes, no, a while, okay. it takes a while to go from zombie to, like, legal I, assassin. I think she at least got on the treadmill. I, well, at least. If she did, where was that in the montage? I would could yeah, have seen, I could have seen her elliptical-ing. Okay. If, they, if, if, she was, uh-huh. if, she, if, if there was elliptical involved, then, then damn it, you got at least a quarter of a second to show us that, Villigan. That's fair. They didn't show it. <laughs> Uh, then we go over to Jimmy being given his first appearance in uh, the courtroom where he pleads not guilty. Then Kim shows up to be his lawyer, but Jimmy declines in favor of representing himself. And the judge determines he is not a flight risk, and he sets his 
and uh, she sets his bond at 2500 bucks, which he promptly pays, then go to the, goes to the office to explain to Kim why he doesn't want her to get involved. Does it... I mean, I don't want to get too off the subject of, uh, of, of this show and into criminal justice reform, mm-hmm. but does this, does, it, is anyone, does this feel like that we hand out felonies too easily in this country? And also, go back to the, the fuck Chuck. Chuck is going to fuck around and potentially disenfranchise his brother for life. Like, if you're convicted of a felony, you don't get to vote anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really stiff and, and and good luck pulling your life together if you got a felony on your record. Good good luck getting into a mailroom in a in a at a law firm ever again. Like yeah, it just feels like like I guess in my mind, felonies should be reserved for like killing, rapes, massive property damage, mm-hmm. like 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 plus fifty thousand dollars of property damage because because and you, you, like if you are an asshole on the road and you cause a wreck. And people get injured and cars get destroyed. You're not instantly brought up on a felony unless you did something like really beyond the pale. Yeah. Like I, I just I don't know, man. It's just like when I heard that he got uh, a fourth degree felony B and E for kicking in his brother's door. Yeah, that just felt wrong. But it's also I, I do feel like that's kind of where the country's going with like mandatory minimums and all that kind of stuff. But hmm. it, it thins my personal sense of justice that if if you if you are going to get up, get brought up on felony charges. Uh, there should be more consequences than a broken lock and a destroyed tape. Yeah. yeah Bot- no, point blank bottom line. Yeah, I I think I agree with you on that. Now, if he'd seem a little... Chuck with the poker? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Felonious assault. Fine. Yes. Right. Yes. If he had got... If he had brought a gun uh-huh. and was waving around. Okay. But this just this seems like bullshit, man. Yeah. Um, it, I guess to your point about uh, Chuck potentially disenfranchising his brother for life uh-huh. i don't think that's his intent at all i think his intent is to get jimmy over a barrel and force him out of the law but yeah i and think he's, i he's... think what's going to happen is chuck is going to get in over his head with this thing and realize oh shit jimmy didn't take the bait and now i've got to i've got to go for the felony i've got to prosecute and this d this ada is not going to back down on the felony well, see, I don't... because she said that i'm not sure like I know there's some crimes that like you don't get to choose not to the 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 you know push charges right, murder <laughs> like like yeah like you murder someone then the victim can't speak for himself it's the state that's going to do the prosecuting but I, I got the feeling that like if if Chuck pulls out in any case the at any time the case crumbles now I'm not a lawyer I don't know that to be a fact he does say though like I'm going to push I'm going to press charges. Yeah, yeah. So no. that would imply that you're right. But yeah. like, if once, so it's like, and also like, once you're charged, if the victim says, I mean, because all, all Chuck would have to do is get on the stand and be like, you know what? Actually, I told Jimmy to come by, mm-hmm. and I gave him permission to come in my <laughs> I house. Forgot he didn't and, have a key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this was all misunderstanding between me and the private investigator. There's also some. The, the other thing you got to think about is, we joined this series with Howard trying to push out chuck because chuck is essentially dead weight so where does chuck's real loyalties lie like in his perfect world i think that he would like chuck to be back and producing for them but if you can't do that he wants them out so he can have the sole ownership of the the firm Mm -hmm. um who hired the pi chuck but Howard's paying for it. HH&M is the one paying the bills because that's what he was there bitching about at the end of last episode. Right. If the chips are down, I wonder if one of the miscalculations is going to be that Howard sells out Chuck and that private investigator who's being paid by Howard decides to play ball with him. 
and now his whole now it's just one crazy guy and the two witnesses that are backing away or, or providing some some shading through the story and now 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 Chuck's looking bad and maybe taking a fall of his own I, I don't know hmm. but I think it's because like again we were introduced to this show with Howard trying to squeeze out Chuck yeah. and that's got to still be something rattling around in the back of his mind that if, if Chuck is going to continue to be crazy and act irrational and flirt with the firm's reputation and fuck things up then maybe he'd be better off out yeah yeah, that's an interesting wrinkle. Um, I think Howard's going to be certainly important going forward, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm glad for. I like watching Howard. <laughs> he's yeah, he's great. A pretty ridiculous character, but he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, what do you want to say about this courtroom scene? I, I think there are a couple funny moments, like when you know he's kind of talking under his breath to Kim, and this stenographer leans in to try and <laughs> yeah, try to get like, on record. This is my job. Please uh-huh. let me do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I you know so. The, uh, what do you think about the flip flop here of Kim wanting to represent Jimmy, Jimmy being very impassioned about not not doing it, and then mm-hmm. him relenting at the end of the episode? What is the authentic? I mean. Because I, I actually, well, I mean, once you make that stand, I think you should stick to it, don't mm-hmm. you? Um, like, was what does Jimmy no. really think? If Jimmy really thinks he needs to do this on his own two feet, then it doesn't matter really what Kim thinks about it. Like, I, hey, I need this isn't about you. It isn't about me winning or losing. It's about me being able to take care of my own problems without having to get you involved. I actually thought this because we're let's go into this next scene uh-huh. where there Jimmy's just got this impassioned speech to Kim and he's like you just gotta let me do this on my own and she's like okay and the the the, the look on her face and the tone of her voice I thought the end of this episode is going to be uh, her breaking up with him and mm-hmm. deciding to take her law firm elsewhere because him you know if you take him at his word I want to do this all by myself. That means probably no partnership. That means like like what to what extent by myself does that mean? No emotional support, no yeah. legal support, no economic support. Well, she's providing all of those things to him sure. at the end of the episode. So it was a weird. And I think that's the right play here is to yeah. to probably like cut ties, but you know to as much as she can at the moment. Uh, but you know the sunk cost fallacy. Uh, she's. Knowingly no, buying into it, right? I, I totally get her side of it. Yeah. I'm talking about Jimmy, like. What is like like what is the I, I mean, what is the authentically right thing for Jimmy to do? You know, like it seems I mean, like going his own route would have been good for him. I, I think the authentically right thing for him to do is whatever the hell he wants to do. Yeah. You know, and if if he changes his mind or realizes that he made a mistake, um, then that's his prerogative. I don't. He okay. could, he certainly in this scene could have told Kim, nope, nope, still doing it on my own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't want your help. Right. Uh, but he didn't because of. You know, things that he said. She said, rather. No, he does need her help, for sure. Yeah. I'm just not sure if he should have accepted it. And then, obviously, she should have she should have gotten away from Jimmy as as, yeah, as, yeah. as far away as she possibly could, like two seasons ago. But that's not going to happen. It's some cost. I get it. So Right. Uh, so we go over to, oh, well, th- then the end of the scene is he asks Francesca to drive him to his car. And there's, like, a little bit of banter between them. She says, I thought you wanted to do everything by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but Jimmy says call an Uber. This isn't... Uber's not been invented yet. Well, then wait ten years until it is and call one. Yeah, uh, there, there's a line in there where he says this isn't a typical week around here, uh-huh. and I'm just thinking, no, Francesca, it's worse. 
Right. This is a mild week. Right. Like, under Saul Goodman. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just keep thinking about the time where she she shook down Walt for uh-huh. like twenty five grand over the, the damage window. of the doors or yep. the, the wind. Yeah. Like like, <laughs> and that's like that's all like she just pocketed every cent of that. So oh yeah. Uh, but like, what a different person she turns into in the better in the Breaking Bad. So it's that's going to yeah, be interesting it. too. And I I can't wait to see the the Hules. And um, <laughs> right. whoever the Bill Burr character is, like uh-huh. I can't, I can't wait to see those guys start to join his constellation. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun watching Saul build his team. So then Mike shows up at a doctor's office for an arranged meeting to pick up a package of something, which we later find out is the drugs. Um, this, did you recognize this doctor? Yeah, he's the one that okay. patched up Gus and Mike uh, after the, uh, I won't say botched raid or no. coup because it was successful it just yeah. dearly won yeah uh and i i really like how they spent a lot of time establishing this guy's pride they didn't have to show him dealing very kindly with that mother and son and the fact that he's working this free clinic mm-hmm. out of the goodness of his heart it just it gives it gives us an understanding of the type of people gus does business with yeah yes they're shady Yes, they're on the wrong side of the law, but they are good, honorable people doing things for good, honorable purposes. Right. This honestly – This is not Tuco. This is not Don Eladio. This is not Crazy 8. This is a guy who very carefully – going back to Jonathan Banks or Mike's speech about there's all kinds of criminals and there's all kinds of cops. I've known good criminals. I've known bad cops. Yeah. Gus tries to surround himself with good criminals, and this scene is, is, is telling us that. And and being entertaining yeah. to do it too. Like I, I thought this guy's a sweetheart. And I mean, Gus is providing high quality products that people want, mm-hmm. and he's also providing community services for yes. people. Um, he's do- it just he's- so happens that his product is illegal, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> that doesn't like, decrease demand for it. He's like uh, you know, uh, he he he's like the original Godfather. He's yeah, he's definitely a scary dude, but like his mm-hmm. people love him. Yeah, he's their champion. And he does a lot of community service and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Um, I, I do like that Mike says he has the revenge because it works in two ways here. It does. I mean, it does. It's the Montezuma's revenge, which is what gringos get. They drink the water south the border. But also, yep. uh, he's instrumental to Gus's revenge plot. Sure is. And it makes me think that the doctor, like, I wonder if there's some, he's got an axe to, like, are we going to find out that he lost a nephew to the cartel or something? Like, he's got some personal stakes in this. He could, yeah. Because I don't think he's crazy about giving this old guy, you know, uh, a, a box yay big of, of heroin or meth or cocaine yeah. or whatever it is. But he's doing it because he trusts Gus and he's working towards a larger larger uh, um, goal of some sort. Yeah. So I didn't hear the Breaking Bad Insider podcast this week because it didn't show up in my yeah, feed. Yeah, it's not out yet. Um, is it just not on the feeds, or is it out there somewhere? I mean, because I people were talking like it was out there, and they had heard it, and they said that. Oh, and the feed just that, hasn't updated. Well, crap. Then. Yeah, it's confirmed that that is actually meth. Huh. So, I mean, obviously, you can grind meth into, I yeah. guess, a fine powder. I sure, just assumed it was cocaine or something. Right. But that's not Gus's business, nope. is it? So, I mean, it's not his future business. I don't know what right. his business is at the moment. Right. He could be running anything. Chicken. Slinging that chicken. <laughs> Maybe it's just chicken. Second most addictive thing coming out of New Mexico, Gus's chicken. Um, yeah. I also liked all the Easter eggs. We talked about this a little bit in passing, but you know, focusing on the wheelchair, yeah. uh, the dinging bell as people are going in and out of the office. That's like yep. some, some primo 
uh, Villigan. It's not this. It's foreshadowing. It's it's what are we invent calling it like strip mining the past to make the present awesome. Right. This is strip mining the future. Yeah. To make the past look cool. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. It's just here. red meat to the Breaking Bad base is what it is. Yep. So we go back to this shitty public defender eating a vending machine lunch. When <laughs> like, how, I mean, I don't drink coffee, mm-hmm. but I recognize like that wasn't coffee they were dispensing. That was the worst kind of brownish gray dishwater yeah. shit tier coffee. Yeah, vending machine coffee can't be good. I've never had it. But I mean, they were like, I, I think that Vince, like, he probably had like, you know, like like okay, I want. I want craft services to wash all the dishes today, save the dishwasher, put Uh in that machine. I want to be just – I want anyone to just instantly recoil from that because, yeah, you're eating two different bags of Doritos and a hot coffee. Yeah. That is not the lunch of champions. And I absolutely love when Jimmy sits down and he's giving him a fries, Uh the – the way this guy savors that single fry, right? Like yeah. it may be the finest thing he's ever tasted. <laughs> like a little cafeteria food, right? You know, haughty toddy. Love it. Anyway, Jimmy shows up. He sits down next to him to find out who's going to be prosecuting him. Uh, this guy says everybody in the ABQ had a conflict of interest, and they're bringing in a tough but fair prosecutor from somewhere else. I didn't catch the name of the place. No, I didn't recognize this, but someone on Reddit brought it out that tough but fair. Is what Jimmy encouraged Tuco to be uh-huh. when he was metting out, <laughs> metting out street justice out in the desert. That doesn't bode well. For well him. I, I, yeah, I think that was that was a cool call because it's like you don't have to appreciate it, but like, oh, tough but fair. Oh, great! I'm gonna get both my legs broken. Yeah, <laughs> not good. <laughs> I I don't understand the motivation behind the question. Did they let you keep the car? In what world does Jimmy get to keep that car? Man, there's all kinds of contracts. Who knows? I suppose so. This guy's obsessed with that car, though. Uh-huh. This guy really wants a nice car. Yeah, and he wants... Uh, who was the... It wasn't Ernesto. That's Jimmy's friend. Who was the his... Uh, he seems at least as obsessed about Jimmy's uh, high-end uh, um, uh, personal assistant as he is about the BMW. Mm. Omar? Yeah. Omar, yeah, yeah. He wants an Omar. He does. It's yeah. a BMW, or is it a Mercedes? Uh, I think it was a Mercedes. a Mercedes. He wants it a Mercedes and he wants Omar. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to get either, honestly. Omar would get him good coffee. Pro- yeah. And some got hot, great hot, coffee in Davis, Maine. fries. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mike drives out to the desert. He stuffs this package in a pair of shoes. He ties the laces together and he chucks them over the power line. And I do love how he misses a couple times. Yeah. It wouldn't have felt realistic if he just slung it up there and won. It's funny, and it's also in contrast to, like, you know, Walt and his pizza toss that was famously (laughs) done on the first try. Uh And uh, someone – I can't remember what interview I saw, but someone asked um, the director of this episode, and they're like, yeah. In fact, um, Jonathan Banks didn't make that toss. This was a composited shot where they used CG and, like, uh, a couple of composited shots and some – some trick photography to make it look like he landed on the third time because she goes like, it's surprisingly high Mm -hmm. and surprisingly hard to do. Yeah, I can imagine. And what's so funny about this is like, I got the idea that somehow the red shoes were the sign for the cartel to stop their car. And like that, maybe there was a drug hand on. I did too. Yeah. That's what's so great about watching this is like, I had no idea what the hell was going on until it actually happened. And then it's like so much more clever than I thought it could possibly be. Yeah, maybe we should, um, you know, wait and kind of talk about sure, all sure. of it in the yeah. next scene. Yeah. 
so Chuck is meeting with the prosecutor so uh, she can get details on the case here. And she, she pulls a lot of details out of Chuck and tells him that she'll need his sworn testimony if they proceed. And he asks about her strategy and starts to sort of give in to the, the quote-unquote guilt he feels over potentially putting his brother in jail. And he wonders if there's a better solution for everyone. Nobody's buying this shtick, I, Chuck. I, 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 I am vice president of the Chuck Hating fan club. I uh-huh. won't say president because there's people in our feedback that hate him way more than I do. <laughs> but I actually thought halfway through that Chuck was legit cracking. Okay. Like, yeah. man, I don't want the, my brother to go and up on a felony and, like, maybe, like, like and it's in similar ways where a Jimmy, even though it had been smart to commit Chuck, he just can't do it. He's family. Like, I thought there was going to oh, be yeah. one redeeming thing. And then when he found out the condition of the PPD, I'm like, oh, fuck you, Chuck. Yeah. You made, so... you made me think you had a, a, a good bone in your body, you son of a bitch. I, I do think there's a kernel of truth in there, which mm-hmm. is. Chuck doesn't really, if he can avoid it, want to see Jimmy go to prison necessarily, but he does want to get him out of the law. And and this is certainly all part of the plan, but it, even down to the point of, like, his fake act for this prosecutor is all part of the plan. Yeah. But there is something motivating, because otherwise he could just send him to prison, right, on felony charges. But that Why even offer the PPD if that's what he wants? In Chuck's perfect world, Jimmy is a perpetually in a state of grateful servitude uh-huh. he is in the mail room that chuck got him the job after he bailed him out out of he did some legal legaling to get him out of chicago sunroof yeah like once chuck got a taste of that and i i wonder like mm-hmm. how for how uh formable that 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 situation was where like you know chuck has been waiting his whole life for jimmy to get in a situation where he could come in there and save the day and then have him under his thumb Mm, and he got yeah. a taste for it and like oh this is the way it's always going to be and this is i can finally you know kind of be be, be at peace and happy and then that you know jimmy getting a law degree just turned that apple cart over mm-hmm. and he can't he can't get over it yeah uh i don't there's a chuck is a complex horrible stew he he is <laughs> um so mike is waiting for hector's truck to stop under the shoes in the desert oh by the way did you recognize miss hay no. She's the principal from Vice Principals, the HBO show. <laughs> Tough but fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. That, that woman her to a T. That woman, long-suffering. Is, uh, did she actually, did you finish that series? I didn't, no. Oh, because there's a, I think the penultimate episode features her going on a bender, mm-hmm. and it was pretty damn funny. Huh. Uh, so I wonder how much they're going, because I think she's, she's really fantastic, and she's uh, she can play long-suffering, she can play smart, she can play... Uh, you know, like someone's capable of cracking skulls, and I, when I saw her and recognized her in her roles, like I wonder how much we're going to get of her this season mm-hmm. because she's kind of a big name to cast in just like a one and done kind of role. Yeah, I mean, assuming we have a lot of time in the courtroom, I think she's going to be a big part. How can we not? Yeah, how at this point, it's going to court. That's got to be half of a full episode at least. Oh, at least. Yeah, I, I think it'll probably draw on most of the season. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we go over to Mike, who is waiting for Hector's truck, the, the Regalado truck, to stop under the shoes in the desert. When they do, he begins firing a gun into the air. And this was very confusing to me. I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah, my notes say, what the hell is Mike doing? <laughs> uh, so these guys are spooked, and they drop to the ground, but Mike keeps firing into the air, and eventually... And I realize he's getting them comfortable but with the gunfire, but to what end? Like, right. is this going to be a long-term... 
you know, so we can take an easy shot. But like, he had these guys dead the rights. Like, yeah. Like, why would you do this? He probably could have got them both with one shot yeah. once they dropped. I thought he was lining up like a double headshot, and then I'm like, that doesn't feel like much. Right, right. And then it's like when he gets like, okay, they're getting comfortable, but like to make it an easier shot. But how much easier can they get? Like, and this is brilliant. Or it's why it's so brilliant. Yeah, is because right up to the moment where Mike shoots these shoes and you see the powder pour out. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what he was playing at. Mm-hmm. I, I knew he was doing something to disrupt the flow of this truck, but but once what he was did it? shoot the shoe, and that yeah. stuff started like instantly, like right. oh, I get it. That's the turning point, and that's what's so brilliant about last season's you know crazy ass swooping angle steady cam shot of them going through customs. As uh-huh. you know, the gauntlet this <laughs> this thing's going to run, right? And how fucked they are. It's yeah. like you don't even have to, you know, you don't. It's it's so economical because you've got all that. It's already in the show's DNA, so you just know, like, oh, these two guys are fucked. Yeah, they don't even know it yet, right? And and they'll never know. They'll never no. know why. Like, what was it that caused? That's it? what's so brilliant about it. It yeah. could just be the D, the D, the the border customs guys got lucky. It could be that they were tipped off. It could so many things. So so many uh, paranoid minds to play upon. Yeah, I love it. Um, so yeah, the, the truck is searched at the border after the meth dumps on it. The dogs find the drugs and Mike spilled on it and the guys are arrested. Um, and I do like how they have him continuously, you know, he fires in the air, but then he pulls the scope back up mm-hmm. and he's kind of monitoring the situation. Right. Sure. Um, I don't know why he doesn't fire like closer to them. And honestly, like if I'm on the ridge of a hill, I don't want to point my long ass rifle straight up in the air because mm-hmm movement on a ridge might give you away yeah but if you're a kilometer away yeah although i, I to, to more to your point uh with the single shot bolt action rifle i'm surprised he didn't like use his pistol or something you know you could fire a pistol in the air and, yeah might... you know uh one gun report is going to sound largely like another maybe yeah i'm, I'm sure it would be easily confused as a hunting rifle. That's true. I guess if you've got, yeah, I guess that's if you you've got a handgun going off, and then you know this this sniper rifle with a different report, maybe that spooks the guys. Like, oh my god, a different yeah. gun! <laughs> right? Uh, How many guns are out there? Right? Yeah, we're surrounded. Yeah, uh, those hunters are clever. But but uh, either <laughs> They're way, hunting the most dangerous game. Either way, my hats off to the writers for contriving a situation. A in my 40 years of, of watching shit I've never seen before, yeah. and B, does like completely execute the plot in plain sight and not have me guess what the hell's going on until it was actually revealed. And this That's is the thing... hard to do nowadays. I, I think this is why people are saying this is one of the most Breaking Bad episodes mm. of Better Call Saul. Right. Because that's what Breaking Bad did so well. Yeah. Like, we would see the plots coming together sort of in real time, yeah. and... And only at a certain point along that path would you understand what's going on. It's kind of like Mike is Walt and we're Jesse. Uh-huh. And he's doing all this shit. He's like, I get it. You're building a robot. You know? <laughs> right. It's like, uh, no, no, I'm building a battery, you dumbass. But that, that's, yeah. that, that was that equivalent. Yep. And then we go over to Jimmy for the final scene. He's out back of the office and tells Kim that he got a PPD offer from the ADA. I know there's a lot of acronyms there. ADA, Assistant District Attorney. Uh, PPD pre-prosecution diversion. I don't know exactly what this means, but it sounds to me like if he confesses, they won't prosecute him as long as he stays out of trouble for a while. Yeah. For a year. And you, you, it's, it's like if you complete the terms. So do you want me to um, – uh, I, I, so, so um, Doug L. talked a paragraph or two about this. Do you want me to just go ahead and read that? What yeah. What he says? 
Uh, so uh, first up on the the legal advice department, uh, the PPD offered as a plea to Jimmy. This is a real legal mechanism. The show did a fine job explaining how it works. I don't practice criminal law, but I've used a civil version of this many times. Imagine you owe me 50K. We enter in what's called a stipulated judgment, whereas you agree to only have to pay me 25000 and you do it in periodic payments of $1,000 at a time. To give that yeah. agreement teeth, we put a clause in there that says if you miss a payment, you'll immediately owe me your entire $50,000 less what you've already paid. That's essentially what's happening here. Jimmy takes the deal where he can plead guilty to all the crimes he's charged with. That plea sits on ice so long as he doesn't mess up. But as he correctly observes, it doesn't get him off the hook with the state bar. The only way he survives is if he's convicted of no more than a misdemeanor. Uh, hmm. Which in New Mexico, I guess the difference between felony and misdemeanor is the sentence. A felony is anything punishable by more than a year in prison. Huh. Uh, some states also define a felony as a crime punishable by a fine of over a certain amount. Uh, so yeah, there you go. And then he goes on. He's going to talk a little bit about uh, a couple other things in the the feedback section. Okay. But it seems like a it seems like a good deal, except for the fact that it will almost certainly confessing to a felony will get you disbarred. And I uh, actually don't believe that Jimmy could control himself for a year. I find that hard to believe. Knowing what we do know now, and there's so many Easter eggs. This this scene uh, was full of like you know nods and allusions and stuff because. Uh, you know, Kim says you're gonna have to keep Victor on lockdown, and he goes, "I know it, Giselle," which was their fake names for when they ran that scam on the douchebag in last season. Right? Thought that was funny. Um, Jimmy and Kim just sitting smoking mm-hmm. outside of a building harkens back to all the times they smoked in the stairwells and in the parking garages on break uh, on the Better Call Saul uh, when she grabs his hand, forming an M. I, I kind of I think symbolically puts like the McGill in front of the the what is her Kim Wexler, Wexler in yeah. front of the Wexler and might you know <laughs> show that uh, she this this might be a fateful decision for her. Um, I I just thought it was great. It was a complete. It, it, it's very now. Can yeah? Could Jimmy keep his nose clean for a whole year? I don't buy it. I mean, especially if Chuck wants to meddle a little bit. Yeah, or if Mike kind of uh, you know sucks him in to, and gets him more embroiled in some of the shady stuff he's doing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, he's gotten this far without being censured by the bar. You know, yeah, like, like he hasn't even brought up on any kind of uh, uh, charges. And when uh, all the stuff he does in Breaking Bad is Saul, he's never in trouble with the bar. It's not like he's in danger of being dispersed. So like again. I don't know that it, it's. It seems like I, I wouldn't bet on it, but I also could squint and see him being squeaky clean for at least a year and practicing elder claw, elder law and and going on his way. Well, I mean, even when he's engaging in elder law, he's uh, pushing the envelope. Let's say right with his bus antics, where he's picking up clients through um, potentially illegal means. Yeah, yeah, uh, those sorts of things. Like. I I just don't know if Jimmy can practice law the way that law needs to be practiced, right? Um, to to make it legal to yeah. keep him out of trouble. Yeah, not indeed. sure about it. Uh, but I don't. What do you make of uh, Chuck throwing an assault here? Is there any any reason that he would do that? Because clearly he doesn't believe that Jimmy assaulted him at uh... all. I don't know. Plus, assault means a lot of different things, like. Um... Mm-hmm. Assault and battery 
can like assault can be like spitting in someone's face or it can be um <clears throat> saying something really bad to them it doesn't necessarily like there's a distinction between assault which is just essentially accosting someone you have no right to or getting in their face and battery which is actually yeah. you know laying hands on them uh and that dif- that's 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 different jurisdiction to jurisdiction from what i can tell i don't i just seems like they threw the book at him just to induce him to take this 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 bullshit deal yeah cuz you know Chuck also is laboring on the impression that Jimmy doesn't really want to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. This is just his latest scam. So if I give him this carrot and there's this very obvious stick, he's going to take it and go back to doing whatever he's doing, and I can feel morally superior to him again. Yep. Because, again, Chuck is hashtag the worst. Well, he's the worst at estimating his brother. Yep. That's so for sure. I'm going to enjoy seeing the PPD shoved up Chuck's ass. Me too. Whether Jimmy sideways, hopefully. Whether Jimmy and Kim uh, get get caught up in the collateral damage is going to be fun watching watching that be shined up and 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 shoved up his ass. Yep. That's it for the episode. Uh, everyone knows what the fallacy of sunk costs are, right? I assume so, but if, why don't you explain it? If you don't, it is, um, essentially the movie The Money Pit. Uh, that Tom Hanks starred in. When you get a situation where you've spent money, like mm-hmm. you buy a house and you put in $50,000 into it and then you find out its foundation's cracked and it needs $150,000 into it. There, mm-hmm. you, the Psychologically, that is the, the, in reality, that's a separate transaction. You, mm-hmm. can, you can choose to walk away from this property and like just take your loss, right. but the emotional... Um, the 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 emotion and the psycho- psychology gets caught up into it, and it makes it you 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 are mentally weighing the money you've already spent against the future money that you're going to spend. Mm-hmm. You don't see it as that separate transaction where you've got a chance to say no and walk away. That the weight of that money you already spent, like the fact that 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 will come to nothing. But you know you can spend another hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then you find that some asshole cooked meth in the basement once and the property is still worth nothing. So like at yeah. what point do you cut your losses? And at what point do you send as well in for a penny in for a pound? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's Kim right now. She, every, every time she makes one decisions, she'd be money ahead and emotional capital ahead by just, just, just letting Jimmy be Jimmy and yeah. going her separate ways. But she can't because she's already invested all this emotion and, and time and effort into this relationship. Yeah. She has, and she, Some it, kind of cognitive dissonance going on she here, walk, too. She, she's walking right into it with her eyes wide open. Yeah, she knows that she's making a bad decision here, and yet she makes a decision. Yeah. So, and I, Jimmy, I don't know. I mean, Jimmy, okay, Jimmy lets her, which gives me, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Like, yeah, no, Jimmy's not an angel. If you articulately and passionately uh, are able to say exactly why your partner shouldn't support you on this, that this is detrimental to their career and that um, mm-hmm. it could go badly for them and that you need to do this on your own, and then at the end... It almost makes it seem like that was a ploy. Like Jimmy was hoping that Kim would be, no, 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 don't be silly, Jimmy. I have to do this. Blah, blah. That way he can feel good and salve his conscience because he tried to tell her to do, he tried to tell her to get away and she just refused to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, that doesn't paint him in the most flattering of lights either. That's, I guess, where I was trying to explore about like what I felt about him trying to talk her out of this and taking such a, a strong stand. It's, it's just a really interesting relationship to have. It is. It is. And I, I don't know that it's beneficial for either of them, honestly. No. Like maybe there's some emotional support in there that's good for them, but I feel like for the first that, time that 
you know, there's lots of these different jump off points, and that's something we talked about with like Walt too. Like, at what point mm-hmm. could Walt have cashed out and retained some modicum of human dignity and compassion? And I feel like Jimmy going over there and playing in his brother's hands and breaking in and snapping that tape, that's the point of his no return. Yeah. He's never going to be able to be back on a tra- trajectory where you'd believably say, yes, he's going to ha- be happy. Because even if he's triumphant over Chuck, this is the kind of thing that just sticks with you and makes it be self-destructive. Yeah, and I wonder what the opportunities are for uh, Jimmy McGill after you know he presumably destroys a portion of his brother's career because I can only see that as the outcome here. Like, yeah. In order for Jimmy to get off the hook here, he's going to have to do something drastic to Chuck. Which there is the other side of that coin that yes. He, so how do is he going to be able to live with himself if if Chuck is destroyed? And it's not even just this. that. Like maybe Jimmy can live with it, but nah. Chuck has a lot of friends mm. in the law and a lot of people who you know quote he's made their careers right, um, especially at the bar. So I think Jimmy might even if he comes out on top in this legal case have problems with the law in the future, like working right. with other people involved in it yeah you got to have like you being a criminal defendant helps if you are friendly with the prosecutor and the judge right and they all hate you because you fucked over their mentor right uh that's that's not gonna be helpful <laughs> no not at all want to tell you about the club before we get into feedback you can check it out at club.baldmove.com and also a uh, newish feature you can get a free month subscription just by signing up and and test drive all this content i'm about to tell you about because you get, uh, you can sign up for ad-free feeds, so you don't have to listen to ads anymore. That's a pretty cool feature. Uh, we also have weekly variety shows such as Lunch with Jim and Aaron, Quit Your Pitching, um, uh, First Run Movies with spoiler-filled reviews. This week we're doing uh, Tom Hanks's The The Circle. Last week we did The Fast and the Furious 8. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming up the week after next. Lots mm-hmm. of cool stuff coming down the pike. Uh, the only way you can get access to it is being a club member. Uh, and not only that, it helps us create great content. As we mentioned in the housekeeping, we do tons of podcasts every day as a new uh, podcast, sometimes multiple podcasts and videos and stuff that were released. Um, and the only way you can do that, the only way you can keep up on these shows uh, is that uh, we're doing it as a full-time uh, business affair. And the club, People's Direct Support, uh, really helps us out with that. So check it out, club.baldmove.com. All right, do we have some feedback to do? Oh, we do. Uh, if you'd like to send us feedback, bettercastsall at baldmove.com. Julie F., I hate to kill the theory that Mike only eats items that begin with the letter P, but Mike ate a whole <laughs> bushel of apples when he was staking out the Kettleman's house in Season 1, Episode 7, Bingo. Damn it! That's such you a sure they theory. weren't peaches? Are you sure uh, they weren't peaches? Or pears, maybe? It's just really, really apple-shaped pears? Persimmons? <laughs> Maybe the A is silent for the Villa Gang. Or <laughs> Apples does have two Ps. Maybe that's enough to qualify. I think so. I don't know. The P theory was strong. That's fair. The P Maybe theory a... was a joke is what it was. <laughs> it's Dead Man's Brew. Yeah. Maybe it only applies to season two going forward. Season I, one, they were finding their legs. They didn't really know really what the story was all to, about. You have to overqualify this thing to make it work. <laughs> no, nope. no, it's dead. Uh, Raymond V. Occurred to me while I was driving. Or, okay, so some of this stuff... Um, some of these are negative takes from fans that are kind of dissatisfied with the direction the series is going. Uh, Raymond V, it occurred to me while I was driving around aimlessly on my day off. The writers are not in a rush because, regrettably, they have no worthwhile destination. Ouch. No. I think there could be one with Gene. I think Gene's the way out of this series. 
in that case, it's that guy you hate that can't tell a story about him going to the store without like spending thirty minutes doing it, uh-huh. like just digression after digression. And uh, I put on my brown pants, or was it my was it my corduroys? But what if not really? No, it must have been corduroys because it was cold that day. And if it's over under forty, I like wearing corduroys because it just makes my legs feel that warm. Now. Of course, I had to wear my boots because I'm like, just who gives a shit? What the fuck happened to Walgreens, man? You know, that's that. that, that so if, if if the only worthwhile destination is the Gene one, mm-hmm. that's. But what if the story that that guy's telling you about Walgreens is highly entertaining? I mean, yeah, it's Di- digressive. It's like but sometimes highly you need, entertaining. You need an Atlas rocket to get, you know, essentially a one bedroom apartment to the moon, right? You need something the size of the Statue of Liberty to get there. That's that's that is an argument to make. Yeah, I don't know. I could be fine with that. Like, okay. I, I think Gene is is an interesting place for this series to go. I eventually. do too, and I also um, it's the only new place for this series to go, which is the most exciting part, right? And I and I also push back because you know I've, I've we've talked about Memento, we've talked about American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Lots, lots of fiction. You know how things end, and the enjoyment comes from the journey, or to mm-hmm. see how how they, someone gets to such an improbable like, situation. Literally any any biography type thing you've ever watched, yeah, um, is is exactly that. Boardwalk Empire, one of my favorite shows, <laughs> right. was five or maybe six seasons of knowing how things are going to end, yeah. Like, spoiler alert, liquor got legalized in this country. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, I don't don't remember Nucky Thompson uh, in my history book. So, of course, Nucky Thompson wasn't a real character. Uh, My my illustration's falling apart. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, I I watched LBJ, right? uh Uh-huh. That is history. we, We know how that goes. We don't have to not enjoy it because we know how it ends. Right. Uh, Kai-O, I want to make the case that Los Poyos scene where Jimmy is flustered and amateurish is completely in line with his character. So oh, boy. Go, go on, oh, going boy. right at you, Jim. I Good luck. Ka- <laughs> so so let, 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 here's this hypothesis. Let's see if you're interested in it. Okay. I think conning people and spying on them by hiding in plain sight are two completely different things. Do you, do you agree with that premise? Is that yeah, or, I do. Okay, okay mm-hmm. well then let's continue. When you con someone, you want to be in the spotlight. You need the subject to see you. you. Use your charm to put your target at ease while you mislead them about your real intentions. When you're spying on someone, you need to blend into the background. You can't bring attention whatsoever to you. Come on, I've this seen the Americans. Come, That's not true. <laughs> this doesn't come natural to Jimmy. Uh, Here's I, the problem. I think Jimmy can spy while being in plain sight. I think Jimmy can walk in there as if he's just a dude ordering chicken and chat people up and have it come across as just this kind of flamboyant, weird guy. All right. So here's the other argument. Um, what really steals it for me is the fact that Jimmy is a quote unquote pussy. Remember when he's threatened by Walt? Hell, remember Huel? I mean, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He already thinks this is about drugs, money, or drug money. That's what makes him extra flustered and out of his element. There's danger in the situation. That's not the case when he's conning someone. Worst case, someone calls the cops, at which point he can just leave or con himself out of that, too. Worst case, when dealing with drug dealers is a bit more than that. Why, Do you think wait, there's shades of can... him dealing with Tuco that like he wasn't at his most smooth there, either? That's true, but he has dealt directly with Tuco. I, here's the other thing. Dealing with Nacho, he was much more assertive, especially toward the end of that, true. that existing relationship. I'm sure he'll come back. But I, I don't know why... <laughs> a, I mean, this guy is 
confident in his own abilities to get him out of situations. And I could see like where he would be nervous if he got into a situation that he didn't create. Mm-hmm. But here he's creating the situation. Mm-hmm. He can walk in there and spin this in the direction that he wants it to go. Yeah. And that is what he does. And I don't know why we wouldn't just let him go in there and do that as opposed to trying to play the the subversive spy here. Like, it, d- it doesn't make sense. Right. That's not what Jimmy would do. Okay. Like I said, I, I don't have a opinion. big dog in this fight because I didn't find it super bothering um, in that scene, but uh, I just wanted to get the both sides there. Uh, yeah. David M., while listening to last week's podcast, I started to realize that Chuck schemed to secretly record Jimmy's confession and then manipulate Ernie into telling Jimmy and setting up this ambush at his house sounds like the kind of elaborate scam that is more befitting of a Jimmy than ch- a Chuck. Yeah. When Aaron started poking holes in Chuck's illness, identifying how he seems to be able to turn it on and off as necessary to manipulate Jimmy, I began thinking... Given that Chuck and Jimmy are from the same gene pool and upbringing, I think it's fair to assume the two brothers are much more similar than Chuck will openly admit. If we follow this logic to its natural end, I think we are going to discover that Chuck is next a next-level con man. He's built his reputation as an ultra-by-the-book lawyer with disdain for his morally questionable little brother as a misdirection from his own, much greater scam. This tape is going to lead to the ultimate discovery that Chuck's career is a long con, which will land him in prison, allowing Jimmy to freely practice law in Albuquerque, wow. but only after shedding the tainted McGill name. That's that's uh, that's a flip flop. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much of that I can get behind, other than I I do agree that you know growing up together they would certainly have maybe some overlapping skills. Oh yeah, in that regard, and you know lawyers have to be somewhat conniving well i mean we've Um, seen that chuck i thought chuck last season fucking over kim with mesa verde was extremely conniving yeah and the way he talked to mesa verde you know no we think kim would do an excellent job it's just bullshit uh spin you know of course i mean she knows how to do all these things and she has all the connections Uh right Uh uh-huh i mean he's he's playing a game there and i think he plays it for different reasons yeah um but yeah, I, I think they have some similarities, but they're also very different in their demeanor. Like Chuck is more detail oriented, and Jimmy's right. more fly by the seat of your pants. Well, it's interesting because I mean, there's a little bit of this double standard in society, right? Like you can be a Wall Street guy who fucks over hundreds of thousands of people out of millions and millions of dollars, right? But you don't consider yourself a criminal, right? And we sentence him, we send him to Club Fed. Or they get to play tennis and they get to have conjugal visits and there's not mm-hmm. even fences and they can kind of – it's like that. Like that's not a crime. But, you know, Jimmy comes in and busts down a door and breaks the tape and now he's staring down a felony. Right. It doesn't seem – like I can see Chuck – I can see a, a, a universe where Chuck has really trodden upon little people and many of them to get to where he's at. Uh, and not think that that is immoral or unethical behavior because it adheres to the letter of the law. Right. But still be, you know, this kind of immoral pig. Um, like he's the wolf. I don't know what the, the corresponding wolf of Justice Street would be. And and maybe all of his bluster about, you know, doing right by the law is exactly that. Right. Uh, maybe it's just a bunch of hot air. I just can't wait till next season when the, the, the classic scene of him trying to drive home in a Lamborghini blown <laughs> out of his mind on meth. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Tony H. At the start of season two, the corpulent detective is playing solitaire with cards from Caesar's Palace. 
I think this detail is included to foreshadow Chuck's be- upcoming betrayal of Jimmy, as Roman Emperor Caesar was famously stabbed in the back by Brutus. Mm-hmm. At two, Brute. It also links nicely with the plastic Romanesque columns we see later in Saul's office in Breaking Bad. Um, I think the columns is more to like appeal to the sins of the Constitution and yeah, the halls of justice feel. and the Supreme Court and all that. But I think you're I actually think you're really dead on in the Caesar's Palace and the Etu Brute moment. Yeah, that's a solid theory. Good job, Tony. Uh, let's move on to Michael FT. Not sure if anyone else will email about this, but Ernie's car is actually a Mitsubishi Evolution, not oh, a Subaru WRX. They look the same. The <laughs> Well, he continues, the Evo and the WRX were direct competitors, and most people fall into one side or the other. I had an Evo a couple years back. It looked a little res- less ridiculous and black, but it still had the giant wing. It was a great car, super fun to drive. Over the years, both Subaru and Mitsubishi offer each model with a different appearance package that were more subdued. Read, no crazy-ass wing. So if you still want one, look for the one that has a spoiler or has a spoiler delete option. Um, <laughs> Wait, I... does it cost extra to delete the spoiler? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that would be hilarious if, like, yeah. like the spoiler is, like, a, a negative incentive. Yeah. Like, we put an idiocracy-style dildo right. on the front of your car. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, four grand it's to a, remove it's, that it's if five you want grand, it. Yeah. Yeah. Five grand option to remove the dildo. Or, you know. <laughs> right. You don't have to get it, but right, right, if you right. want. Yeah. Um, that would be that would be super funny. <laughs> it's also fun. I was, everything's like that, right? Like, fucking Nintendo versus versus PlayStation versus Xbox. What do you every, mean? Like every, take camps and, and yeah, stick to them? Yeah. yeah, instead of being like, hey, I made my decision and I'm happy with this. It's like, uh, yours is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be like, I, I, I owned the Suzuki Bandit and like all those similar models, like the Kawasaki Z-Rex and the, uh, I think it was the Yamaha Phaser. Like, this like spends an inordinate amount of time shitting on the other person's ride, man. I never got it. Yeah. It's like, we're all spending within $1,000 of each other. These things are all roughly equivalent and quarter mile times and how much like what the fuck uh what the fuck man yeah i mean this is that exactly that that feeling is kind of where i'm trying to come down between chuck and jimmy here right like there are a lot of people in the chuck camp there are a lot of people in the jimmy camp probably less so they they both have ugly ass spoilers camp right right Right. (laughs) they're both (laughs) useless useless to me so uh jeremy l did you notice Mike used the same fake name Clark at the doctor's office, which is the same name he used to try to trick police forces into giving information about the whereabouts of his laptop and season five opener of Breaking Bad? Huh. I did not realize that. One thing I, I did notice is so in Tom Clancy's novel series, there is a secret agent by the name of John Kelly, and his code name is Clark. And I, I, I feel like I mean I don't know this I I, I got to go ask Villigan the next time I run into him yeah. I feel like Mike would be a Tom Clancy guy okay I feel like Mike's got a well worn copy of the the Hunt for Red October and I could see that and uh, you know some of all fears and stuff on his bookshelf so I, I could see mm-hmm. him uh, really digging digging uh, John Clark uh, also Chuck's prosecutor is from Bellin. Uh, I guess that's a county, or maybe it's a city. Uh, she plays a character in Vice Principals named Belinda Brown. <laughs> Possibly a nod to her other show. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I think Vince would love to do stuff like that. He does seem to be very playful with names and whatnot. Uh, Jeremy W., I can't be the only one who's starting to feel like Better Crawl Saul Season 3 is an experiment on the amount of snail's pace edited sequences where almost nothing happens the fans of Breaking Bad will tolerate. 
I'm quite frustrated because this is my favorite prequel project to date and the only one I can think of that has a good understanding of and respect for the source material. But it seems to be doing everything possible to make me turn it off. I thought season one was very much on the right track, but we are facing diminishing returns with each continuing season. With only two real plots going on and only two really interesting characters to follow, things are moving far too slow. How much tension can they reasonably expect to build about if Mike uh, can hang a pair of shoes on a telephone wire when the cold open shows the very shoes? Well, that's the thing. I didn't assume the cold open showed those very same shoes. Yeah. Um, Until, like, I got to the end of the episode and started watching again, I realized... Oh, that's what they're showing us. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm maybe I'm just stupid. I'm just stupid enough to appreciate it. But um, and I don't. I I liked season one, but I thought season. I feel like season two is better. Yeah, I agree. And I kind of want to see this gaining. I mean, it, everyone's got different opinions, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of fans of Breaking Bad really like the fast paced action. Yeah, and the pulse pounding drama of like. Walt barely scraping through by situation after situation by the skin of his teeth. And that's just not this show. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, there's also, like, I do want to talk about the fact that this show is kind of sagging in the ratings, too. It is, yeah. All three of these episodes have been... Lower rated than the last. Lower and lower and lower. And And it came back at a lower... The worst of the series. And it came back at a lower... I mean, that's... Almost every show does that. Very few exceptions does the premiere of a season outdo the finale of a season mm-hmm. or, or not outdo. Um, Cause that's just the nature of the beast, but it is a pretty steep drop off. And I do feel like that for whatever reason, a lot of the breaking bad fans that were week in week out fans that I've just checked out on the show. Cause it's not, it's not breaking bad. Yeah. Um, I, so I do kind of agree with him that the pacing is on sort of the slow side and I'm, and to the point where it could become a problem for me because they seem to be going for broke with that pacing. They're mm-hmm. intentionally going with a very slow, very quiet show, especially on Mike's side. Um, and I, I'm not totally sure how I feel about that, especially given the universe it's in. Yeah. But um, so far it hasn't lost me, but it, it could. It's not, it's not, totally out of the question do you think we're getting a bit spoiled because i remember routinely there was two to three to four episodes in any given stretch of breaking bad that were very slow and you're and, and we used to have debates about like you know when is it going to pick up the pace yeah and that used to be like kind of like you took it for granted that not every episode is going to be a holy shit what the hell am i watching mm-hmm. and of late it feels like the best of television gets us consistently that adrenaline high and that like oh my god like ever like like i think of recent uh, uh seasons of uh, game of thrones and of the leftovers and mm-hmm. uh things like that that maybe like we just our our patience for something that takes an episode or two to develop is is getting eroded and it's not that better call Saul is not as good it's just not as tightly wound as some of the shows that are doing better on television yeah, I, I mean, I certainly agree with that. But I, I don't think that um, means it's bad or, like, it's a bad form of art or it's not entertaining. Right. Maybe it's a better binge. I mean, that's hard. It's hard to find a show that's not a better binge than it is <laughs> a, a week-by-week uh, watch. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I want to throw it in there because there's definitely um, definitely a lot of fans that are drumming their fingers and twiddling their thumbs and waiting for something to happen. Uh, let's see. Let's go on. So, I... I, I we talked about the, with Doug L the PPD 
and the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor. Uh, he concludes his legal analysis with the real question is, what are WM going to do to win this case? I suspect they're going to go for what is uh, called a jury nullification. It's a completely improper tactic, so it's tailor-made for Jimmy. The idea is that you convince a jury they should ignore the law and the facts and side with Jimmy because he deserves to win. Chuck's unlikability is the best thing going for him, so putting that on display may make the jury more sympathetic to his cause, to the point where they look the other way on the fact that he did actually bust down a door and destroy evidence. Mm -hmm. The judge likely won't let it go that far, but I suspect it's all they have. The proper way to use that evidence is to convince the judge to lighten your sentence, but not to let you get off the hook with the jury for the crime itself. Um... Boy, I don't know. I'm kind of a fan of jury nullification. Uh, <laughs> I defeat, yeah, yeah. like like any any time when people when I hear legal professionals like recoil in horror at the concept, I feel like it's a built in check and balance of our system. Yeah. If it wasn't an intended feature of the system, then why the fuck have a jury at all? Mm-hmm. Because the professionals that can that can met out justice and weigh the facts and weigh the law are sitting on the bench. Why do you hell do you need a jury? Now I understand also jury nullification sometimes has horrific consequences. Like in the South, jury nullification led a lot of people to kill a lot of black men. Right, it's completely off scot free because the people just like, hey, why why should this guy do jail time for killing somebody I need to be killing? Right. So like I get it. it like run amok. It's like anything else. It's 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 terrible. But I also think that sometimes it's the only way justice to prevail. But Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do you think about the potential of Jimmy just talking right to the jury and be like, "Look, Chuck's a dick. He's crazy. I'm awesome. I had reasons for doing it. You should throw out the facts and the law inside of me." Yeah. Um, I think that's probably. I agree with Doug. It's probably his strongest case, especially given his uh history of mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could bring that up. He could. He could definitely sway the jury to his side. Yeah. And Chuck has none of that charm. Do you think it's fair, do you think it's just to consider this case on its merits, a guy that broke in a door and broke a tape recorder without pulling in the other facts which led to that? No, probably Like not. the fact that this guy had an episode and he's his brother and he has gone bent over backwards to, you know, he had a chance to um, – condemn him and 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 have him committed and he didn't and then when he had this other broke broke down he went up there and he 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 just said whatever to make his brother happy and to feed into his delusions and then when he found out the betrayal it was too much and like this is more of a domestic dispute than it is this is a a family argument more than it is a real crime that occurred right and i guess the question is where do you draw the line right certainly if he had walked in that house and shot chuck five times in the face right crime no, so crime. You're going to it's prison. Per, it's, everything's proportionate, right? But like, where do you draw the line? If he had, you know, hit him in the leg with the fire poker, right? It didn't cause much damage, but did a, did batter him, like right? At well, like, some point, a family dispute becomes an actual crime, and I, yeah. to, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where I would draw that line if I were in the jury. Yeah, like if you have stalkers or paparazzi, they're going around harassing people, and someone snaps and like smashes a camera. Do you get fine? Do, do you shoot? No problem. Shoot, like, like how? And then, like, okay, maybe you charge the star with, like, some kind of misdemeanor assault, but shouldn't the other guy get some kind of, like, fucking stalker things? Yeah, harassment. Harassment. Something, yeah. But, like, we – there's another, you know, weird dichotomy in the legal system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. And, you know, the law is not perfect, and justice certainly isn't perfect. 
And I don't even think we do as good a job as, as we could um, yeah. with it in this country, and it's something we can always do better on. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see Chuck and Jimmy square off in the league because like, all this stuff is going to come up, how we feel about Jimmy, yeah. how we feel about Chuck, how we feel about the legal system. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things are going to come to the forefront, and I imagine we'll get a lot of varied feedback uh, about how people feel about that. So Yeah. That's it for the feedback this week, though. Uh, if you'd like to send more, it's bettercastall at baldmove.com to send feedback. Or you can go to our forums, forums.baldmove.com, if you just want to discuss it with your fellow fans. All right. We'll be back next week for another episode. Uh, should be exciting, I think. Yeah. Stuff is starting how to much, build. If you had to say how many episodes do we have to wait until we get to the trial of the century? Hmm. <laughs> Not this one, but the next. The trial of the season. The next one. Huh. 305. Wow. Because I kind of, I that I kind of feel like if they don't, like what what barrier is there to just going right into it? Time, time. Yeah, like how long does it take to actually prosecute someone? Yeah, but they already kind of like because like there's this discussion of like you know the fact that his like friends can't help him but they can fast track it and right. I, I don't I don't know I, because I, there's no way they can make preparing for a case interesting, <laughs> right? Like like just doing legal, like like even last week. What if Kim is they didn't, preparing? They didn't, they didn't have a 30-minute conversation with Kim and her law professor. She's right. like, oh, thank you, professor. That's a big help. And then she summarized what her findings were. Like you, you can't fill a whole episode of them like fucking preparing for that. Unless like, Jimmy's preparing in right. his own way. Well, like maybe I mean, Kim's preparing in her way. Jimmy prepares in his. So that's a good point. Like when, you know, like John Grisham's Rainmaker um, – Half that movie is preparing for the court case, but it's like jury manipulation and tampering mm-hmm. and the, the or a few good men, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. I guess there is sometimes in the investigation and the pretrial phase stuff that that you can make it interesting. But I I don't know. I feel like they just need to go for it. Although yeah, that's early. I'd in the be season. happy with that too. That's early in the season, right? Um, so there you go. Is Jimmy going to be able to do any elder care while he's going <laughs> through this? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say Jimmy. Jimmy feels an obligation to these. But if he people. doesn't, he wasted all that money on commercials. He got people right. calling, and he's got to cancel all their appointments. They probably have to fire Francesca. Yeah. Ooh, you don't want to do that. No. He. Kim's keeping the lights on. For sure. Mesa Verde is keeping the lights on. Yeah. All right. Uh, I do think that the other thing is we might see a hint of Kim making a mistake. Hmm. Like we're like like, like there's got to be a reason they showed her pouring over. This this document file, uh, just you know, like that we're going to see her do some kind of transpositional error, similar to what Chuck did, or I don't know, <laughs> poetic justice, I suppose. I guess, kind of, just perverted justice, in my opinion. But, <laughs> all right, we we right. stretch this out. We stretch this uh, outro out way longer. We'll see you next week.